me, please, to the book of Acts chapter 28. Acts chapter 28. Once again, good to see everyone in the house of the Lord. If you're a guest here tonight, I'm still learning people. But please, before you leave, come shake my hand or my wife's hand. We would like to meet you if you're a guest here tonight. It's our honor that you're here at Wallace Ridge in this beautiful family of God. This is a family of God. And I, I'm delighted to be here as well. And so we're just believing God's going to do great things. Beginning with verse 1, Acts chapter 28. And when they were escaped, then they knew that the island was called Melita. And the barbarous people showed us no little kindness, for they kindled a fire and received us, everyone, because of the present rain and because of the cold. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the fire and fastened on his hand. And when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom, though he hath escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth not to live. Howbeit, or rather, and he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. Howbeit, they looked when he should have swollen or fallen down dead suddenly. But after they had looked a great while and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a god. Verse number 5 says, and he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. I want to preach just for a little while. Your fire determines your future. Your fire determines. I feel the fire of the Holy Ghost in this place. Could you lift your hands all over the building right now, Father? We ask the Holy Ghost would minister as only you can. Father, we'll do our best, but we know without the touch of your Spirit, it's impossible for us to get where we need to be. Oh, we yield ourselves to you tonight, Lord. I pray that your Spirit would work with your Word. We thank you for what you're going to do. Can we clap our hands under the Lord all over the building? Hallelujah. Amen. Lord bless you as you're being seated. Your fire determines your future. Paul the Apostle has quite a testimony. In fact, I don't know of anyone who can share the same resume as Paul. Once named Saul, he stood strongly opposed to Christianity. You read the book of Acts, you'll understand Saul's story more in depth. He did not agree with Jesus being the Christ. Thus, he fought tooth and nail against the spread of Jesus as the Messiah. However, we find in Acts chapter 9, his encounter with the Lord. One could say that he came face to face with God himself and received instruction to go to Ananias. And after being blind for some time, the scales failed from off of his eyes and he was forever change. Now, if there's one thing that we can find valuable from this story, it's that nothing will ever replace a genuine encounter with God. 
We're living in a day when people are trying everything they can to gain numbers and to get a building full of people. And that's great to have a lot of people. But you understand what I'm fixing to tell you. There is nothing that we can give somebody for coming to church that will change their life like a trip to an altar when they understand that God can forgive them of their sins and God can bathe them in his blood and they receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost that will forever change their life and we cannot improve that with man-made things. You can't do it. I know a guy right now, a pastor I preach for that wanted to bring a special evangelist in and and this is what this was the requirement. He had to have twenty five thousand dollars set aside for giveaways. Just to give away, they gave away folder, they gave away iPads, they gave away that twenty five thousand just in giveaways, not counting expenses of travel and paying the preacher and food and whatever, just to. Away, he said, I won't come unless you have $25,000 that we can buy things with. And you know what? They packed the building out. That pastor told me I can't find none of them in my church. Because a giveaway will not change somebody's life. But the power of the Holy Ghost, it'll change somebody's life. Is there anybody who remembers when God filled you with the Holy Ghost? When God somebody around. A pill can't do it. A self-help book can't do it. Counseling can't do it. The Holy Ghost is the only thing. Paul walked in the realm of the supernatural. He had an abundance of revelation, yet he also had an abundance of suffering. His missions took him to many places, and if you're ever bored and you want to look in the maps, in the back of your Bible, you'll see just how much territory that Paul covered as missionary, as a missionary. But but tonight I want to look at this this last trip. Here they were as prisoners, and they were on a ship, and they came in, in the midst of a storm named Eurachlodon. And that ship was being shook to pieces, and in the midst of it all, the angel of the Lord appeared to, to Paul and told him, Fear not, everybody on this ship is going to make it. And, and thus the Bible says that that ship broke apart and it and they all floated. They all, uh, they all came safely to the land called Melita. Now, this was an island. And it was in the middle of winter. It was cold. It was raining. And they were a bunch of barbarians. But they made them a fire. And here Paul was. All he was trying to do was add wood to the fire. And a viper came up out of that fire out of those sticks and latched on to him. What should have killed him? What should have destroyed him? What should have dictated his demise? Didn't have the power to do so because Paul had a fire in his life and he was able to shake that thing off in the fire. 
Hear me, ma'am and sir, tonight in your quest to live for God. There's going to be all sorts of things that try to rise up and latch hold onto you. And the only way you're going to make it is there's going to be a fire in your life that when all of that stuff latches on, you can shake that stuff off in the fire. Hear me tonight. John said he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. When you get the Holy Ghost, it was more than a feel good. It was more than goosebumps in a language you didn't understand. But when you received the Holy Ghost, God started a fire in your soul. Jeremiah said, it's like fire shut up in my bones. Because he understood there's going to be things in life that try to latch on to you. There's going to be things in life that try to weigh on and, and, and they can dictate your demise. And if you've got a fire in your life, you can shake a whole lot of stuff off into that fire. The true church of the living God, not an organization, but the true church of the living God will always have fire. This book is full of fire. In the Old Testament, the, the responsibility of the priest was to keep the fire going. Moses was called by fire. Elijah called down fire. Elisha made a fire. And Jesus said, I am come to send fire on the earth. I ask you tonight with all sincerity, where is the fire of the Holy Ghost that slays sinners and fills our altars? Where is that fire where people are convicted in the middle of a service and they run and hit an altar and God changes them? We've got to have the fire of the Holy Ghost active in our church. Day of Pentecost, cloven tongues, sat like as a fire. Fire is still the will of God for his church. I heard stories and I read, I read books of people said that during a powerful service, the firemen would show up because it looked like fire was coming out the church. You ever heard any of those type of stories? I always wanted to experience that. One, one evening, I was on my way to Trinity, Texas. Never preached there before. And it on the way there, it come a flood. I mean, you could not see 10 foot in front of you. And, and it was just nearly impossible to drive. Now I realized that it looked like I was going to be late, which I do not like being late. It drives me insane. And, and, and so the pastor calls me when I'm about maybe 10 miles, 15 miles from the church. He said, brother, uh, the whole town lost power. There's tornadoes that went through there. and Miles and miles and miles, there was no power. He said, uh, you just keep on coming. We'll figure out what we're going to do. I said, all right. So by the time I got there, it was just a few minutes after what time church was supposed to start. And the way the church was, they have just a church, and then off on the back corner they have, it's like an ale. They have a family, uh, a fellowship hall area, and they have uh, an awning. So he was waiting on me underneath that awning. And when, we, when I walked in, he, he said, uh, you ready to preach? I said, if you want me to preach, I'm ready to preach. I just had some, some written notes. And so I walked in, and what they did was they, 
they raised the blinds. They had windows all around. They raised the blinds and lifted up the windows to, to get some air coming through. And they had about 30 or 40 chairs set out. And it was just barely light enough that you could see silhouettes of people. And and he, he had a little podium, and I put my notes on it. He stood behind me with a cell phone flashlight over my shoulder so I could read my notes. I didn't have a PA system. I didn't have anything. And I just reared back, and I just started preaching. And, and it was easy to preach when you can't see their faces. I thought about turning off the lights more when I preach. It makes it easy. And I mean, I just reared, and I just preach. And the glory of God, I have never been in a service like that night. The glory of God fell in that fellowship hall. And, and I never finished preaching. And people were laid out and worshiping. It was one of the most powerful demonstrations of God I've ever seen. I don't know how long we just stayed in that fellowship hall praying and, and worshiping. Later that night, we drove over to Huntsville, Texas. And I was sitting next to the pastor's son. He got a text message on his phone. And it was a friend of his. He showed me the message. His friend said, man, your church was the only place in town that had power tonight. And he texted him back. He said, what do you mean? He said, we didn't have no power. I mean, not, they didn't get power for three days. The whole area was out. And he said, well, we passed your church around 8 or 8.30, I can't remember, and all the lights were on in the fellowship hall. And he texted him back, and he told him, he said, that wasn't man-made power. That was the glory of God that rested in that place. You hear me, church? It ought to be like that. Every time we come to the house of God, that the fire of the Holy Ghost is active, that the glory of God is filling our church services, and people walk in and say, something's happening here. The glory of God. See, fire will not come without opposition. Fires do not rekindle themselves. In fact, all Paul was trying to do was gather the sticks and stoke the fire. That's all he was trying to do. You know, even the mightiest of Christians, the giants among us, their fire will wane if they don't rekindle that fire. No matter how spiritual you are, if you don't Rekindle that fire. It'll just, it has a way of waning. All Paul was trying to do was stoke the fire. But you, you ought to know that the enemy is not going to just let you increase that fire. See, oftentimes we, we look at opposition as we're doing something wrong. But it could be that you're doing something right and trying to pursue God in greater dimensions, and the enemy doesn't want you to do it. I, I was preaching in a city one time, and I'm telling you, I told the Lord when I left, I said, Lord, I'll never come back to this city unless you tell me to come back. And even then, Lord, I'll, par I'll take a cab at the county line and drive in and, and leave out. Everything that could go wrong went wrong in that revival. And I'm not one of these that thinks there's a devil behind every tree. There's some things that just happen. But anytime you're trying to really push a church, 
Anytime you're trying to push and intensify your walk with God, the devil's just not going to say, okay, you're good, go on. Go on. I want you to get closer to God. No. There's going to be all sorts of things start happening. And all sorts of things try to distract you. But you know what you do? If you got that fire, you just shake a whole bunch of stuff off in that fire. You just get rid of a whole lot of stuff if you got a fire in your life. You've got to have a fire. You've got to have something. You see, you can shake off unforgiveness if you got a fire. You can shake off doubt if you got a fire. You can shake off offense if you got a fire. There's a whole lot of stuff that'll try to weigh you down. I, I can tell a whole lot about people just by watching them. Just by watching them. When I when I was evangelizing, I'd walk into a church and I just I just start looking at everybody during the service. All I wanted to see was what's happening on the outside because it's a good indicator of what's happening on the inside. If it's hard to lift your hands, it could be there's a whole bunch of stuff weighing you down. But if there's some fire, as soon as that stuff tries to creep up on, you can put that stuff off in the fire. You keep that fire stoked. You, you, keep the, you see, the fire will divide and define who was on the Lord's side. Fire. God's church, God's people are going to have fire in their life. The children of Israel, when, when Egypt was behind them, the Bible says that the pillar of fire went and stood between God's people and Egypt. It divided and it defined who was on the Lord's side. And it, 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 living for God, the one thing that's going to de define who we are is we're going to have fire active in our life. There's a reason it's called praying through. Because sometimes it takes the Holy Ghost a while to deal with a bunch of junk in our life. You can't do it in 30 seconds. So what, what happens is, is we, we pray and push until we appease our conscience and we think we're good. But when you think you've pushed enough, push more. We pray until we talk in tongues for 30 seconds and we got goosebumps and we put a check by it. I'm good, God. Spirituality is not measured by how much you talk in tongues. It's not. You got to let the Holy Ghost do the work. You got to let the Holy Ghost burn a whole lot of stuff. I asked the Lord one time during a service. Young people was worshiping everywhere, and I love young people worshiping. And I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, why is it that it's normally young people that step out and lead the charge? Why is that? I think it's a great thing, but I just wanted an answer. And as soon as I asked it, the Lord spoke back to me. He said, it's easier for young people to get in the flow because they have not yet been hurt by the realities of life. They haven't been betrayed. They haven't been lied on. They haven't been offended. Their minds have been messed with. And the longer you live, the more junk you got to deal with. But if you got a fire, you can shake all that junk off in the fire. You can let the Holy Ghost purge all that stuff. It takes time to purge a lot of stuff out. There's times I, when I went to prayer, I knew I was going to be there a while. I knew I had to let the Holy Ghost get a whole lot of junk out of my heart. The only way it's going to happen is you got to let the fire, you see, your fire determines your future. 
If Paul wouldn't have had a fire in his life, that thing would have latched on to him and he'd have had no place to put it. But because there was a fire active in his life, he was able to shake that stuff off. If I've seen people walking around and they're just weighed down. But you know what? It's because they don't have a fire to shake that stuff off in. They don't have something active in their life to shake that stuff off in. You've got to have the fire. You've got to have the fire. I ask you tonight, not do you have the fire, but what does your fire look like? Because fires, I mean, they can be that big and still considered fire. Or they could be a bonfire. So I'm not asking you do you have the fire, but I'm asking you what does your fire look like? What is the level of intensity of your fire compared to what it once was? In fact, there was a prophet that called down fire from heaven and consumed the prophets of Baal. And you read the next chapter, and he's hiding in a cave. And you know what the Lord asked him? What doest thou here? Look at where you once were. And then look at where you are now. How in the world do you go from calling down fire from heaven until you're hiding for your life out of fear. And God, you can hear the puzzle in his, in, in his voice. What doest thou hear? And I've seen people that in the spirit, they could call down fire from heaven. But then you look at them a few years later, and they're nowhere near where they once were. And I ask myself, what doest thou hear? That's what I'm asking you tonight. I want you to look at where you are now and compare it to where you were at one time when you felt like you were the closest to God. And I ask you, what does your fire look like? You know what needs to happen tonight in this place? The Holy Ghost needs to take over in your life. The winds of the Spirit need to blow, and that fire needs to soar again in your life. One thing I know about fire is all it takes is some wind to blow across those embers. And what was once just a little flicker can become a raging fire. And we need the wind of the Spirit to blow in our own hearts again. We need the wind of the Spirit to blow in our own minds again and to let that fire just begin to purge us of a whole lot of stuff to cleanse our minds, to cleanse our heart. You see, I spoke of it last week. Oh, the Revelation said, I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou were cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because you're just right there in the middle. You see, we got to learn to discern the difference between activity and anointing. You, you can go through theatrics and not have the fire. In fact, those prophets, the Bible says they were jumping, they were hooping and hollering. They had a whole lot of activity. But what they didn't have was the anointing or the fire. And there's going to be some churches that have a whole lot of activity. But the one thing they don't have is what this church is known for. And that's the fire of the Holy Ghost. And we better never lose that fire. My friend, we can run and shout and do all of that, but at the end of the night, we better have that fire of the Holy Ghost that consumes our heart. Stand with me all over this building tonight.
Thomas Edison, years ago, he lost his factory. In the early 1900s, he lost his factory and all of his work. What would be millions of dollars worth of work today, he lost everything. And everybody expected Thomas Edison to be heartbroken. But you know what? He was walking in the midst of all of that, all of those ashes. He was walking in the midst of all of that destruction. And this is what he said. He said, there's beauty in disaster. All of our mistakes are burned up. And now we can move on. And it was just a few weeks later that he invented the phonograph or the telegraph, one of those two. See, when you come to God, all of your mistakes are burned up. Everything in your life is consumed. Everything that you were known for and identified as is burned up. And you can start over. If it weren't for the fire of the Holy Ghost, we wouldn't have a future. If it weren't for the fire of the Holy Ghost, we would all be lost. And even after we make mistakes, even after we mess up, even after we do things that we know we shouldn't do, God says, hey, I got more fire. I could burn all of those regrets up. I could burn all of those mistakes up. I could quench, I could consume everything. God does not want his people to be scorched. He wants them to be consumed. He wants you to be consumed. There's people here, maybe you're you're holding on to things or, or they're holding on to you from years gone by. You know what? If you could just get that fire where it needs to be, you could shake all that stuff off. Maybe you got questions that you don't, you don't have answers for. Welcome to life. We all have questions we don't have answers for. You can shake those questions off of the fire. Preacher, you don't know what I've done. I, I, I talked to a lady one time. She said, Preacher, you don't know me. I'm a crack addict and I'm a prostitute. I said, ma'am, it doesn't matter to me and it certainly doesn't matter to God. That's the kind of people that have beautiful testimonies of what grace is. I don't care what your mistakes are. The fire can consume all of your mistakes. The fire can consume all of your regrets. Maybe you're here and you, maybe you once had a thriving relationship with God. Maybe it's not what it once was. You can come back to an altar. God can consume you. God can re-energize you. That's why Paul said, stir up the gift that's within you. You want to get that fire kindled? You just let the wind blow. And you let the, you just stir that gift up. Heads bowed and eyes closed all over this building. We're fixing to move to our altar time. There's people here I know beyond the shadow of a doubt. It's been a long time since you let the Holy Ghost stir your soul. Maybe you're here and you've never had the Holy Ghost before, my friend. God wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost tonight. Maybe you're a backslider. God wants to renew the Spirit of God in you. I'm opening up this altar right now, and I'm inviting anybody that will. Why don't you come and say, God, why don't you consume me tonight? Why don't you set a fire in my soul tonight, God? Why don't you let the Holy Ghost stir me all over the building? I'm inviting you, sir. Maybe you want the Holy Ghost. I'm inviting you, ma'am. If you want God to do the work in your life, I'm, I'm appealing to you right now. As they began to sing, 
Come on, it's your night. It's your night. I wouldn't leave until I got the Holy Ghost. I wouldn't leave until God touched my soul. All over the building, reach out to God right now. Yeah, Kote Yada, 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 Yada,